Fake Spike Podcast. We are back a couple of weeks since the season ended, and we did our final um, final game review, but we got a report card to do. What's going on, Vort? Not much. I'm actually excited about this one. I want to see if we're going to agree, if we're going to strongly disagree on some of the names, but uh, <laughs> right. this one kind of really puts the lid on the season, and then we're not really going to be on the schedule of two a week. We're going to be on the schedule of whenever there's news to cover. We'll jump on and make sure to throw a podcast up. Yeah, I mean, the fans are clamoring for more, man. We got to give it to them. Done. That's a, that's a joke. We don't have a lot of fans. Okay. Um, all right. So go ahead, man. Lead the way. I'll let you uh, dictate the direction. Go. I do want to take a little detour before we jump into the report cards. Something happened. It was, uh, I believe, last week, and uh, it was after we did our podcast. Zach Wilson completely, <laughs> to sound like a fanboy, the story took my breath away and proved to me that as far as being a locker room leader and a presence, he has the it factor. I don't know if you read the story, but after the season was over, uh, he made sure, at least per the story that I read, uh, the presence to every offensive lineman was a round trip for them and uh, their significant other anywhere they went in the world. Really? Uh, I didn't hear about yeah, that. Wow. Yeah. I read the story and I just caught myself smiling. I'm like, the kid gets it. That's part of just being a leader and winning over the locker room and making sure that next season he wears that C on his chest because every quarterback should be uh, that leader. So it was just to see a rookie quarterback after a pretty rough season. He, to me, that was a big, big plus. He That was understanding the it factor that there is more than just the stats and the, and the wins to be liked and really respected and viewed as a leader in a locker room. And that was a big step towards achieving that. Uh, no, that, I did not hear that. And that is a great story. And that, that makes me not feel bad about like giving him the benefit of the doubt and wondering whether I was an idiot or not. I, that, that makes me realize that the kid's a leader and he gets it. And, you know, he, he realizes that if he, that those guys are his bread and butter. And if he does well, he'll get a much bigger contract in a couple of years where probably you got to figure he didn't only buy five guys, maybe he bought 10 guys and you know, they were, so maybe a 10 grand each. So for a hundred grand, which to the average person, a hundred grand is a lot of money, but to a football player who's making a few million, uh, it, it's probably you know like like one of us going for an expensive dinner. Totally afford it, no problem at all. And it, it kind of invests in his future. I love hearing that. I had no idea. I didn't hear it at all. But it's awesome. I love it. Kudos, Zach. I felt the same way, and uh, I'm glad that I actually broke some news to you for a change. Yeah, uh, <laughs> totally, mm. man. Impressive. But uh, as far as putting a lid on the season, I wanted to go through some names, uh, starting off at the the front office, basically off the field, and then some names on the field, and just give them uh, a grade and a quick couple of sentence explanation of why I feel that way. And uh, I was hoping we'll start right at the very top with our GM, Joe Douglas. And uh, I am going to give Joe Douglas a strong B+. Um, If I had to give this grade towards the midseason, it was trending towards a D or a D minus because everybody was struggling, everything all around. It was just a big hot mess. And uh, this season, having his own quarterback, his own coach, hand picked, uh, we, we needed to see a little more. We got to see a little more in the second half. The coach regained control of the ship that was on the brink of collapse. The team never quit. The young guys developed. The the kids that he drafted really stepped up. And the quarterback who really was trending down in the first half of the season uh, gave us a lot of hope and optimism. That's everything I could have hoped for. Um, 
the two misses, in my opinion, was uh, going into the season without a veteran quarterback who was not going to be a threat to Zag's job, but more of a mentor slash big brother role. And then in a panicky move, picking up uh, Joe Flacco, who was absolutely of no need at that point. And uh, the last thing I'll say about Joe Douglas is going into this offseason. I believe this is pretty much the it, the make it or break it offseason. He cannot miss with his decisions. They have to be an eight-win team next season. Uh, I was going to say eight and eight, but uh, that would mean eight and nine, but I'll take it. Uh, next season has to be an improvement in wins as well as the quality that's on the field. Okay. I mean... I- I'm not so sure I want to give him a strong B plus. Okay. I, I love his plan. I love the fact that he's sticking to the plan. I love the fact that he seems to be building the team the right way, but I have to judge it on results a little bit too. And regardless of whether or not he's doing the right thing, the right way, the results just have not been there. I mean, I, now, I can't, Robert, I'm sorry yeah. to interrupt. I just, yeah, yeah. I apologize. I just wanted to jump in. Sure. Uh, I wanted to stress uh, that I'm in my mind, I'm focusing on grading just on this season, not, not on his job at the helm as a whole. I'm literally looking at this season, uh, the off season and this season. Uh, okay. But otherwise uh, the floor is yours. I apologize for jumping in. No, no worries. I, you know, I, I, I was really doing it based on this season as well because I can't judge him for last year when they literally tore everything down. Uh, mm-hmm. I have to judge him really only on this year. And you know, he made a couple of big free agent signings, and none of them worked out because they got hurt. You know what I mean? Um, Corey Davis was the only one who, pl- the only significant signing who played, and and he didn't look like a great signing before he got hurt, and then missed you know half the season. So. I have to give Douglas a, a solid B, or I, I guess if I really wanted to be a jerk, I could give him a C plus. But I'm going to give him the B because things did come together at the end, and our faith—the faith you and me have shown him—you know, through the whole season, even when things were bad, saying, "Hey, we know what direction he's going. You just got to wait to see whether it." pans out or not because of all of that and it did start to come together i'm going to give him i'm going to give him the b instead of the c plus i think he i think he's got a very solid foundation in there i think his 2021 draft was fantastic uh jury's still out on the coaching staff although i really did start to like brian lafleur at the end of the year so uh, and I really, really love the fact that Douglas has a plan and he's sticking to it and not panicking. Now, who knows what he does this offseason, but he, he has thus far not panicked, not gotten off that plan. He's done everything he uh, started out to do and continues to do. So uh, I, I can't ignore the fact that the Jets, you know, if you want to include last year or six and 27, even if you don't, they're four and 13. I have to give a little bit of a... Um, you know, a little bit, I don't want to call it a ding, but I have to take a little bit away because the results just weren't there. Not all his fault, but you know, when you when your big free agent signings are all hurt and don't go anywhere and, and you've got injuries all over the place and this, 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 and that, the results are just not there. So I have to give him, a, a, I have to take a little away for that, which is why I'm at a B and not a B plus, but I'm giving that credit back because uh, because of the things I just said, and instead of giving him the C plus, I'm going to give him a B. I really, th- you know, all of that said, I really like Douglas, and I and I, I think he's got the Jets pointed in, in completely in the right direction. That's more than fair. I agree with everything you mentioned, and uh, I can't believe I forgot because I was actually a big fan of the signing originally, Corey Davis. That turned out to be a dud. So we'll see how that keeps going. Uh, but yeah, we. I, it seems like we both agree that he has 
sticking to the plan, uh, losing some points in our book because ultimately you are judged on wins and losses, but he seems to be stockpiling some young talent with a pretty high ceiling if it all works out. Yeah, and and look at his 2021 draft, man. I mean, just when was the last time the Jets, forget any other team, really the Jets themselves had a draft where they had like five viable starters, okay? You have Wilson, who came around at the end of the year, is, is and if he turns out to be anything in that draft alone, him alone makes the draft a success. Yep, but then, yeah, then, then you have Elijah Moore, who looked really good. You have Michael Carter. You have... Um, What's the the guy's name? That like one of the one of the defensive guys that was taken like Nichols. Is it Brent, Brenda Nichols? Brendan Eccles. Eccles. Um, yeah. The the Jets the Jets draft in twenty twenty one was was I don't want to say phenomenal because it's way too early. Just like I don't want to say twenty twenty is a bust, but it the early returns on it are great. And if that's the way he's going to draft going forward, and he's got a lot of picks this year, then you know the Jets could have a really bright future. But you know, let's let's go off subject for one second here. The AFC is. Free freaking stacked wow absolutely stacked and of course the jets this is how i know zach wilson's going to work out because the jets are going to get good and they're never they're still going to be in the same position they always were because there's five top-notch elite teams coming together in the afc kind of sickening it's it's incredible absolutely loaded all around uh buffalo looks like borderline world world beaters on any given day uh yeah it's the chiefs the chargers the bengals i mean it's like holy crap and the titans if they get a freaking real quarterback in there the titans are no joke either i was crying to my wife i said at least me and my friend robo at least i could text them and say at least they're the bengals like we suck in my life but at least they were the bengals the team that just couldn't get it right the only time i saw them get it right was when we went to a game and the owen 10 bengals beat us uh two years (laughs) ago uh and now they're in a conference championships just with with a star young quarterback a young coach who survived an early storm and then just a a wide receiver who looks like one of the top guys in the nfl all of a sudden overnight blink of an eye a quarterback a coach and a a weapon for the quarterback and uh you have a team that's an afc championship game yep and that's where i think the jets should go forget forget the offensive linemen and if you're not going to get one of the elite defensive guys at number four the jets need weapons i think it's time for the jets to load up on young weapons yep um the next name on my list was our head coach, Robert Sala. And uh, I'll let you jump in first and uh, talk to me. What's your grade and uh, what's your takeaway for the season? All right. Um, am I grading on a curve because he's a rookie coach? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to give Sala. All right. I guess I'll talk about him first and think about the grade a little bit. Sala, I think, showed a lot of rookie uh, you know, rookie jitters, a lot of little rookie mistakes. There were there was some questionable decisions, but he seems to have balls. I mean, there's a lot of times he was showing some nuts, and and if, and if the Jets can can become a solid fundamental team, and he implies those balls, it'll it'll get a lot of these guys confident in him. And and I really love the way the team at the end of the year came together and was still playing hard. And and you know, they never quit. They may have been outplayed, they may have been outclassed, but they never really quit. Uh, all of that said, I got to judge him on results as well. And out of him and the quarterback and the offensive coordinator and the GM and all the rookies, I think he showed the least because while he showed some flashes, I don't believe he really stood out as anything where I could say, all right, that's going to be great. The one thing which we said in the last one, and I just kind of alluded to a little bit, 
was that he had his players playing hard and 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 fighting for each other at the end of the year and that and that is a good sign but i can't give him a grade based only on that so four and 13 a lot of rookie mistakes a lot of rookie this or a lot of rookie that a little bit of promise i'm gonna have to give him a c at best i'm gonna have to give him a c i can't go higher than that i wanted to go lower than that but i don't think it's fair so i guess in a way i'm grading him on the rookie curve so i'm gonna give Salah a c it's pretty fucking incredible how much we <laughs> seem to see the game and what we value in the game the same way you said exactly what i wanted to say i was going to use different words but the message was absolutely the same my grade is absolutely the same uh it's a it's a solid C because the results speak for themselves. Four wins. There were struggles. I personally believe, uh, and this is nothing more than my opinion, that he came into the season a little bit unprepared. In a sense, not for lack of preparation. Unprepared for... You do your homework, you, but you just... When you're the head coach, when you're in charge of the guys and that first kickoff is live, it can be a little overwhelming. And I think he had that bravado of all gas, no brakes, go, 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 crazy energy support. But he lacked a little bit of a plan B. That was just my opinion. Um, So that's where it stood out that there was some work to do. Obviously, the season started off in the worst way possible in every way you can imagine. The quarterback was playing terrible. The results were not there. Could have gotten uglier and uglier, but he seemed to have just, he never lost full control of the situation. That's why I give him a ton of credit. The fact that the guys played for him, I give him a ton of credit there. And the biggest thing that I haven't seen from the Jets over God knows how many years, Rabo, there were a lot of games this season where the team looked better in the second half. He made him and the coaching staff made the necessary adjustments at the half. And we are so accustomed to the Jets being in it in the first half. And when we go in halftime and other coaches make adjustments, we get absolutely blown out in the second half. This season was the opposite. So he seems to have gotten control and figured some things out, which you can't learn unless it's live experience, trial and error. And the fact that he didn't drown in a quicksand, he climbed out, he clawed. And towards the end of the season, the results were there. And that's a testament to him. Uh, the team looked better when they could have shut it down mentally, physically, in every way you can imagine. So he gets a C, and uh, obviously next season is huge for him because we're looking for the continued development of Zach Wilson and uh, the team as a whole uh, in the win column. There you go. Look at that. So yeah, I, I, you know, one of the things that I had kind of forgotten about, and you kind of you mentioned it in your um, in your assessment, was that the Jets came out so not you know not prepared and unready and outplayed early in games for so long you know and then they kind of flipped it around and they were the ones who came out strong and then just didn't adjust so i I guess i can look at that two ways i can look at it negatively that he didn't have them prepared at all and got off to a slow start or that he flipped it around and had them prepared early and they just weren't able to you know he he adjusted which is a good sign that's i'll just leave it there without going into a long torn out of things so i'm sticking with the c um I, you know, I think there's some potential there for him, but as I said before, I, I saw more promise and more I have more excitement about some of the other guys than I do him. But that could that could turn around in a hurry. And the next name, I don't know if it's coming to you as a surprise. I want to talk about uh, Lafleur, our offensive coordinator. I'll give you a minute to gather your thoughts, and I'll I'll go first if yeah, you don't come. mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, he is the guy in the hottest. Uh, in the hottest seat going into next season. He has a lot to prove to me. Uh, I'm going to give him a deep loss. 
wow, he just in my eyes really? he just okay. he just does not deserve anything above that in my eyes and i'll tell you why i feel like the rest of the coaching staff he really struggled to get a hold of uh, hang of things in the beginning i don't know if he was trying to dumb down the offense i don't know if he was just being out coached by more experienced coaches but the offense looked completely inept the quarterback did not look like he was making any strides forward. We were, uh, at the same time, we were watching that kid, Mac Jones from New England, um, thriving in our division. Um, obviously, he turned it around. Uh, the rookie started making plays. He started getting the ball uh, in the hands of the playmakers. Uh, team was making some big plays. The wins came, which is very important. But then there was these questionable calls sometimes. That both you and me would text each other, like, I don't mind you going on fourth down, but really this is the play you go with. So there was a couple of really – and those were important calls. This wasn't a missed chance on, in, the, in the first quarter. These were game-changing calls where he lacked imagination. I, I think Brent Berrios, my uh, my guy, uh, kind of really helped him out. He was that uh, Swiss Army knife, and uh, he started to get uh, – he being LaFleur – finally opened up the offense a little bit and it was i felt like i was watching a modern nfl team some more end arounds uh a lot more wide receivers going in motion before the snap it looked like a modern offense i don't know if he got a little more comfortable whatever it was it came a little too late it came in spurts that were nearly not big enough for me um the fact that he did manage to turn it around and have some results i'm not going to give him an f uh especially the way Zach Wilson stepped up in the second half of the season. So it's a D plus, but man, oh man, that's uh, the offense and the play calling is something I'm really focusing on for next season. Wow. I, uh, I kind of have the opposite, the opposite view of him. I, Early on, was was wondering how the hell he even got the job. I mean, who's uh, you know who's who's Wang did he did he lick to get in there? You know, but, <laughs> but um, as the season went on, I feel and I don't know whether I really don't know whether it was him being forced to be more creative or if you know one of the things we spoke about in another in one of the earlier episodes was whether or not Zach Wilson was holding him back and then he. You know, some of the other guys were able to execute the stuff better. Whichever one it was, LaFleur seemed to step up when he had to, which was when Wilson was out and he had to go with some backup quarterbacks. The offense gelled, looked really good for a while, even when they didn't play well on defense. And, they, and you know, there was that stretch where the, where the offense was just, you know, the offense was the, was the highest, I don't know if it was the highest scoring or the highest net yards, whatever it was, for a period of time near the end of the year, the Jets led the league over a five or six-week period. And I have to... Yes, if, if we would have graded him in the first half of the season, I would have I would give him a flat F. I thought he was over I thought just like Salah and just like a lot of the Jets players, he was overwhelmed. I feel that he did a lot more in the second half than Salah did, uh, you know, with, with the backup quarterbacks and then kind of slowly pulling back a little bit to to get Wilson back on track when he came back and Wilson, you know, the offense took a noticeable step back for the first couple of weeks Wilson was in there, but then as the season went on, you know, the last the last week, the last month, I should say, not the last week, the last month or so, Wilson looked really good 
and the team was decimated with injuries. So it's hard to judge wh- what direction the, the plays went in. But I feel like LaFleur got off to a really bad start. Wilson got off to a really bad start. LaFleur found himself for whatever reason, whether it was a, a, you know, a little bit more of a, a steady presence with the backup quarterbacks. And then it seemed to me that he did pull back a little bit when Wilson came back. But I think Wilson wasn't ready. And I want to give LaFleur a lot of the credit for for bringing Wilson along slowly. Maybe I'm, I'm pointing the, the, the credit in the wrong direction, but I feel like LaFleur had a really good season after a bad start and gave me a lot of hope. There was a lot more creativeness in the play call. Some of the calls, I, like of course, we were like, oh my God, but I don't know how many of those would just seem like a good idea at the time and turn out not to be right. I can't say the guy should be perfect or how many of them were executed improperly. I don't know. But I think there was enough evidence that LaFleur righted his own ship and then and in the process helped to right Zach Wilson's ship. So I am gonna give I'm actually gonna give Wilson a uh, Wilson, give LaFleur a B. And that's because I think he was a rookie who was overwhelmed. He turned it around, the team started to look good. We have some hope on offense, and I can't just grade him on the early stuff. Uh, if, if I really just wanted to say, hey, he's a rookie and he did this, he did that, I could go as far as an A because it was all improvement. Or I could go as far as an F because the overall result wasn't there. But I think grading on that rookie curve and the progress that he showed along with the, with the fact that he was able to get his quarterback to progress and really, really look comfortable back there, um, I, I, I'm going to give him a B. I was I was very impressed with the guy. I know you're not, obviously. I thought you were more impressed than that, but but I was very very impressed with with Lafleur in the second half. Wow! All this time I thought you knew football. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my thing is, I look at Lafleur. You kind of said it perfectly, and I know I'm being harsh, but the, yeah, he's the guy that I really am singling out because he also has one of the most jobs, and that is coaching up our franchise quarterback. I look at him as somebody who completely. F- failed uh the midterm it was an f uh and he got a solid b minus to a c plus on a final which uh was strong it's a i'm glad that he finished stronger than he started Uh, obviously he was starting in rock bottom but there were just too many pitfalls and too many steps back for my liking and uh again uh in a season we were not expected to go anywhere that's where i don't mind him kind of getting his experience but next season i want to see more yeah, next look, next next season is the the season where Zach Wilson has to make enough progress to be the difference maker in a few games that turn out to be wins. That's it. It just has to be. Now, how, however many wins that is, I expect the Jets to be. Uh, I expect it just to be on on the outside looking in of a wild card race. You know, like I think they'll be in it in the final month, and then it'll be up to them if they can step up. Maybe they 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 fight for that spot, but I think more likely they fall short and then really start to be a contender of some sort in 2023. So I agree. I, I need to see progress next year. All I can do is is rate them on what I saw this year, and I think there was a lot to be excited about and happy about in those last few weeks. That's just just my opinion. And again, I'm giving LaFleur a ton of credit for um, for, for what to me seems like bouncing up and down with his with his uh, game plans and his play calling. And I think a lot of it, you know, again, just an opinion. I think a lot of it was geared towards making sure his quarterback was comfortable and that they weren't throwing too much at him. And, and they gave him more as the season went on. That's just my opinion. I could be totally wrong, but that's just that's kind of the, the take I, I have on it. Okay, that's uh, it's fair enough. It's a very valid point. It just to me, the way I see the modern NFL Rabo is if you can't go in there with a straight, almost, almost completely open playbook, you're just 
you look like a vanilla offense to the to the other team. So if the quarterback is not ready, then let him start on the bench. <clears throat> Or let him go in there and baptize him by fire. Have a couple of shitty games, but figure it out quick, kid. Uh, I mean, Peyton Manning, uh, how many interceptions? I think he, had, he led the league in interceptions his rookie 26, season. 26, right? Yeah. 28, 28 touchdowns, 26 interceptions, so, if I'm not know, mistaken. For a rookie, it's not the end of the world, but uh, that's uh, that's my thinking on that. But uh, okay, that's, a perfect, that's a perfect segue into our potential franchise quarterback, Zach Wilson. And I will let you take the lead on this one. All right. Zach Wilson, kind of like LaFleur, got off to a miserable start, strong finish. Um, I don't think I can quite go B with Zach Wilson, though. Uh, Zach Wilson, what early in the year, was clearly overwhelmed. He wasn't ready. And I do have to say I am extremely, and I do mean extremely impressed with how quickly he got ready in that second half because when he came back from his injury, there were a couple of games there where while he wasn't as atrocious as he was early in the season, he was still bad. But it just seemed one week, not not I don't mean like in one week, but just one week along the way, he it just seemed to click and he seemed to get it. Now, he's still not at the level where he can read the defenses or react quickly enough. He certainly didn't have the, the enough talent around him at the end of the year with everybody hurt. But it just seemed out of nowhere that Zach Wilson woke up one day. And I don't remember what week it was, but Zach Wilson woke up one day and seemed to get it. And now is just waiting for his, uh, I guess, his game speed and his his. Um, you know, his preparation and his talent, whatever, all the stuff around him to, to catch up with the fact that things clicked for him. Because the difference between what he looked like, even when his stats weren't there and the Jets weren't winning, the difference between what he looked like in the last three or four games and the feeling he gave us just looking at him and, and just that that aura he had, and that's probably the word I'm looking for, that aura he had, that that air of confidence. Um, it was is completely different than what we saw early in the year. We saw a kid who was overwhelmed. And going into the year, we heard about his work ethic. We heard about how he worked hard and he loved football and wanted to do it. And I think that kind of bore out as the year went on as he clearly, it is so clear that that kid worked his ass off to try and, and improve and get better. And he did. So all of that said, the results just weren't there. And even at the end of all of that, he still wasn't great. He just had made enough of an improvement to, to notice a difference. I will, I will bump up by grade a half point because I, because I am excited about the, the abilities he showed um, the thing you told me about, you know, buying the alignment stuff, the leadership and the fact that he did get it. And I'm excited to see him for next year. So I'm going to take him from, from a, from a C minus to a C. Okay. I was going to give him a C minus D plus kind of thing. I would rather go in the positive direction and, and have it be a C than a D, but D plus C minus, whichever it is, I'll bump him up to half grade and give him the C and, uh, and I will leave it there. Okay. That's, that's actually a very, very nice analysis that I can't really pick at. It's, uh, it summarizes. Uh, it <laughs> I know summarizes, you want to, but <laughs> I, I'd love to listen. I'm uh, anytime we can debate football. I love it. But, uh, the reality is you summarized, uh, you summarized this season. The kid clearly was overmatched. He struggled. Uh, he worked hard. He turned it around. He finished so strong. And uh, forget the stats. What what I loved, what my takeaway was from the the last few games, whether it was four, three, four, even five games, potentially no turnovers, protecting the ball. That's huge for a rookie quarterback. That was to to me that was the biggest sign that he was starting to get it more and more because he valued protecting the ball and he was doing it. 
uh, obviously, I'm going to be a little bit tougher on him because I'm not grading him uh, as a fanboy. I am grading him on a curve that you and me dream of a superstar quarterback, not just a guy who makes it in the NFL, not in the next Ryan Tannehill who gets a fantastic contract on the back of his running backs, but a quarterback who actually wins games, leads, uh, is an all-pro in every way. Um, based on that and based on the season, it's just like the offensive coordinator. Uh, he started off terrible, then he missed some time, and it just it seemed like uh, this was going to be a lost season, and things started to click, and that's a testament to his work ethic. That's a testament that he didn't quit. Even when the team was being more and more depleted every week, and you and me were joking that you, you and me are going to line up to catch a pass here and there, he survived, and he persevered, and he played smart. Uh, I have to give him a... Um, I'm going to give him a C-. minus. Uh, yeah, I just I think giving him a straight C is just going to be a little bit more of a friendly fanboy grade, and uh, I can't go below a C minus because he just there were the flashes that he showed were really good, uh, a lot of promising stuff, and uh, let's just hope he rides the wave. And like you, I choose to focus on the positive, and uh, let's that C minus has to be a B minus to a strong B this com- upcoming season. All right. That's that's fair. I can't argue with that. I, I had him at a C minus myself. Uh, I did want to bump him up based on um, you know that the, I mean the, the night and day look of what he looked like at the end of the season and kind of uh, yeah fanboy. I guess that's a good way to put it. I'm a fanboy, um, but but just like the hope, you know, the hope he gives us because you know a game or two before the end of the season, I was still saying that you know the jury's out on this kid i don't see anything that shows he could be a monster quarterback i see maybe signs that he could be an adequate quarterback but i think those last couple of games and the leadership he showed uh, give me hope that he might possibly be you know a a franchise quarterback and obviously it's way too early to tell i'm not saying he is i'm not saying he should be i'm just saying that there is some hope that he could possibly be that's all and that's all we hoped for and uh, we have that hope and obviously we don't want to wait for five years. Uh, season two has to be a big step up, but uh, that's why we have that excitement. That season cannot get here fast enough. Uh- All right. Well, I think we should probably save the rest of the guys for the next one. Let's let's uh, let's get a, some mileage out of these podcasts in the off season. We'll we'll do the the quote unquote lesser names in the next one. It'll give me an opportunity to talk to you again, my man. What do you say? Perfect. That sounds good. We'll focus on the players on the next one. I love there it. There you go. Okay. Um, let's just do real quick, pick a division. We've already done the NFC East. We've done the AFC East. And then I think the AFC West, right? So we need we need a division. Let's see. Who do I want to know about the Jets record? Uh, let's go to the Packers division. So the NFC North. Okay. So let's start there. We'll go Detroit Lions. The New York Jets and the Detroit Lions have played 14 games lifetime. What what would you say their record is? I feel good on this one, Rabo. I feel good. <laughs> I feel good. The Lions are so bad right now. I'm going to go that the Jets have a solid 10 wins. Uh, it is 7-7. So they are two miserable teams who have also. <laughs> although, the, the Jets, I will tell you, the Jets have won four of the last five. So before that, they were, getting, they were actually getting hammered by the Lions. All right. 7-7. Next, we have Jets and, let's see, Green Bay, Minnesota, and Chicago. I miss Chicago. Okay, Jets and Bears. The Bears have played 12 games. Wow. I don't even remember anything that pops at the top of my mind. I am. Oh, I can to... remember a few, man. Oh, man. Uh, well, you don't smoke pot. Um, 
<laughs> I'm going to say the Jets have four wins against the Bears. You were very close. 9-3 Bears. Now, the games that stand out for me against the Bears is two. One is the Blair Thomas fumble. It was a Monday night game in 91. That's probably before you started following, right? It was Blair Thomas. Blair Thomas. Jets were up. Oh, my God. I want to say it was um, 14-3, something like that. And and the Jets had the ball, and Thomas fumbled it, and then the wheels came off. Then I'm actually going to look up that game. The other one I remember is the one I attended in, in um, Soldier Field. With uh, with Sanchez, they lost thirty eight thirty four in a shootout. But ninety one Jets lost nineteen oh thirteen three. It was thirteen three, and the Jets lost in overtime. So, and this was before you had to score a touchdown to win. So that just goes to show you the Jets were up thirteen three in the fourth quarter. Bears scored. Let's see, the Bears scored with uh, the Bears scored kicked a, a field goal and then scored a touchdown on the last play of the game and then won in overtime eight, 18 seconds into the game. So they, they tied right. the game with no time on the clock. And then I don't, that I don't remember. I remember it was a Monday night game. I went out with my friends. I got polluted. I mean, <laughs> polluted. Like, was, were you old enough to remember a bar called the Press Box in, in Bay Ridge? No. Uh, there was a bar. It was called the Press Box. It was a sports bar. And a, and a lot of the guys from the press would hang out there. I remember going there with Georgie. Georgie, you listening? We uh, we went there, and the bartender wouldn't serve me. I was so hammered. I was, oh, my God, I was, I was so polluted. But I do remember watching the game, and I remember Blair Thomas with a big fumble. But it looks it looks like, looking at this, that the Bears tied it and then must have ran the first play back. You know, Jim Harbaugh, one-yard one run. So I don't know how they got down there in 18 seconds. Oh no, that's 14:42. I'm sorry, it was, it was it was with 30 seconds left in overtime. My bad. Yeah. Okay, uh, then we go to Green Bay and Minnesota, and then uh, it's a wrap. All right, Green Bay, the New York Jets, and the Green Bay Packers have played 13 times. I'm gonna say the Jets were lucky enough to win two of those games. No, the Jets actually have an 8-5 lead. <laughs> what? I know. Yeah, they've lost the last three. So before that, it was more. Some memorable Packer games. The last game at Shea, the Jets m- demolished them to get into playoffs. Oh, no, that wasn't the last game. It was the last game of the 81 season. I'm sorry. Uh, the Jets demolished them. I remember that clearly because the Jets got into the playoffs for the first time in 12 years. I remember the last game of the regular season in 2002. Yep, 2002. Jets needed the game to win the division after M- Miami, um, like, like stunned the Patriots early in the day, and the Jets crushed them forty-two to fourteen, uh, forty-two yes. to seventeen. Yeah. Yes. Then there was, um, uh, th- I'm trying. Oh, then there was the game I, I went to at, at Lambeau in 2014, where the Jets were up, you know, twenty-four to ten or something, and of course lost. But um, those are those <laughs> the are the big guys. Jet. Yeah, the, the Jets are going to Jet. Yeah. The Packers have been so good in my lifetime. Uh, I remember Mike Holmgren and the Brett Favre, and then the, there wasn't really much of a drop off with Rodgers, uh, no. if you can call it a drop off at all. So uh, yeah, I'm surprised. Nice to hear. All right, and finally, the New York Jets against the Minnesota Vikings. 11 games all time. We got this one. We got this one on the nail biter, 6-5. No, Jets 8-3. And the Jets were the Jets had it 8-1 before they lost the last two games. <laughs> wow, I think we found a division the Jets have to switch to and we have a real chance. <laughs> I, know. I know. Well, they're they going to lose to the Bears and tie the Lions, but they're going to crush the Packers <laughs> and Vikings. There you go. All right, my man, you have a good one. We will catch up soon and do the uh, second half of the report card. And uh, you have a good one. You as well. Looking forward to it. Take care.